dreams I've kissed your lips a thousand times I sometimes see you pass outside my door Hello
and I'm here for another fireside chat on Open Lines Radio, part of the artbellisdead.com family of independent media programming. And is it just me, or does it feel like we're really starting to have one gigantic fractaled out mega conversation from each of the seeds of these episodes. I just feel like every conversation that Mark has captured over these different platforms that he's set up and generated have led to a bizarrely cohesive messaging or at least zone of conversation. It feels like it's, um, oh, excuse the ding. Um, it feels like truly there's an interconnectivity via synchronicity and tapping into the collective unconscious and the collective consciousness of humanity and of our plan, of our planet. Um, and, uh, Whatever that uh, point of interconnectivity is, that through line, that thread, it feels like we're all listening to the same conductor, or I don't know, maybe we're all following the same syllabus. It just feels like every conversation that um, Mark has captured is uniquely tied to every other conversation in some way. And I know that I myself have been inspired, uh, sparked, catalyzed by so many of these conversations and many of the thought flows or, or different artistic responses that I've had, the connections with my own spirit or with the higher divine nature of all of us. It's really been, uh, uh, it's just been a wonderfully fulfilling and affirming experience. So um, I don't know if you all are participating in the conversation by speaking up, but even if you're just participating in the conversation by um, giving it the honor of your attention, I just thank you so much. I welcome you to this circle. I ask you to pull a closer around the campfire, this hearth that, um, that Mark has kindled is truly, uh, truly a welcoming and hospitable hearth, and and he he just he welcomes every voice here, and it's not even a circle, okay? It's a horseshoe. It's open ended. There's always room for another person, so scooch on in, get a little closer. Don't be shy. Um, it's a hobo safe camp, so you're safe and. Even if you don't have arid extra dry on your armpits, <laughs> you can get snuggled up close to us, throw your arms around each other, um, or you know, keep a respectable touch-free radius if that's more to your liking. But the point is be in communion with one another. Uh, tilt an ear inward to your fellow uh, beings on this uh, path. Listen to what they have to say. Listen to the light of their eyes. It's just, um, it's interesting. So 
that's a good preamble. What I'm going to do right now as far as like a recitation and framing is a piece that was called to be shared. Um, I think frankly because of the timing of the year, it's very similar to last year, October 15th, 2017 is when this was first posted. Um, and it was built over a period of time, a day or two maybe. It was in response to um, as these flows often are, is deep times of meditation, contemplation, integration, you know, and then boom, an image will come, and a word, and then another image, or a paragraph, and all of a sudden, there's, um, there's a real message there. And so, um, this is in response to what I was listening to in the, the brand new first pilot episode of what's called Shabbat Shalom, uh, Mark and Brother Doug were speaking uh, about a lot, a lot of different topics, but um, particularly they were talking about the death space and like the interactivity with the death space and us here in the what's you know generally agreed upon as material realm. Um, we'll say like we'll call it the majority of agreement. You know, some people call it 3D, planet Earth physical reality I mean choose your label the point is um, they were talking about this intersection or the veil between or you know how much remains from things outside time you know they, they talked a lot about the space-time relationship it's a fascinating episode I highly recommend you go back and listen to it um, it it just would really um, it would really help frame this response. Um, uh, it would really help frame this re this response that I'm speaking into. Uh, if you go and listen to that, I think, because they were expressing a lot of distrust or um, distaste or just displeasure in the idea of their body being caught in some sort of limbo you know they were talking about you know this maybe cellular consciousness things living within the materiality of the body after the awareness you know the the appearance of life is gone after the consciousness is vacated from all uh observable uh currently observable vectors we can't really perceive the consciousness being present in the body now i mean there are people there are systems that believe the body retains linkages with the spirit for anywhere from like a, a you know a day to three days up to you know weeks months years or forever some some systems believe that any thing that remains of a living being is still having a bit of that life in it um, that's I I personally tend to lean lean more into that uh, side of things I do think that there is some sort of consciousness or information let's just say there's information right there's information stored in the remnants and different people and different systems and different uh, elements can access this information in different ways and they can access different 
we'll say, uh, uh, resolutions of information. So if there's a deeper clarity and a higher resolution, then a person is going to have a deeper understanding of whatever that information is. So, yeah, that's my belief. It's mostly to do with quantum physics and quantum mechanics and understanding, you know, the infinite experience of humanity and how it's all tied together how anything that any of us does we all do anything that any of us experiences we all experience um, that's my personal belief system thought path or whatever um, so at any rate I too have thought about the remnants of my flesh and whether or not I would experience anything um, if it was allowed to remain in any you know significant chunks you know I've thought about turning myself into a bucket of chum because sharks are my favorite animal and then I thought but why would I want them to be chummed I don't want to cause a feeding frenzy I want them to be left alone and then I thought well maybe I'll donate my body to science and let you know nerds figure out you know the medical enigma of my body how I survived all of the weird things that um the system has experienced um, but when I became disenchanted with the uh, traditional uh, medicine system I became less and less interested in contributing to their cause so now I'm back in the whole like uh, maybe we do a Vader pyre <laughs> kind of thing like we just do a big elevated funeral pyre uh, that's starting to feel like a good idea. So, anyways, this is uh, all about the way the spirit can, that we can perceive the spirit might be clinging to the flesh after the consciousness has left it, the individual ego or whatever. Um, so anyways, I had done a lot of reading in, um, learned about the actual biographical information of Robert Anton Wilson, who a lot of people might know as sort of like a motivational speaker, spiritual teacher, leader within the, you know, like the woo-woo community. A lot of people really honor and respect him. Um, I think that he has a lot of smart things to say, but like a lot of people, he's a mixed bag. There's a lot of things that he did and that he said that I take issue with. Uh, one of the things that he did <laughs> was he was one of the first, if not the first, people to do cryogenics. His daughter um, died suddenly. I can't remember now if it was like a violent murder or car accident or something, but basically like he could not tolerate the idea that his daughter had passed on. And so they fought to preserve her um, in some way. And... Uh, so this poem is what flowed out of that. Um, I'm going to read a little bit of the um, the post that I put. Is, is, is. The idiocy of the word haunts me. If it were abolished, human thought might begin to make sense. I don't know what anything, quote, is. I only know how it seems to me at this moment. That's a quote from Robert Anton Wilson's 
I really like that quote because I too experience the multiplicity of is. So um, there's another quote here from an article that was part of the framing of this. We have taken this step as an expression of our belief in life, our reverence for life, a reverence that Luna manifested every day of her 15 years. Luna loved people and animals. She was a pacifist and a vegetarian. It is our fervent hope that whether or not cloning eventually succeeds in this case, scientific research will be aided and this will be one contribution to humanity's conquest of death. More importantly, we support the quest for life extension and scientific immortality because it is a fit memorial to Luna, who so loved life, who was so boundless in joy and affection. Above all, by this scientific endeavor, we express and commemorate our faith in life and our total rejection of death and violence. By this attempt to preserve life, we say no to the dealers in death and violence. We say no to the governments that use mass murder as policy. We say no to an entertainment industry based on the pornography of violence and the prurience of sadism. And we say no to the creature who, in his blind ignorance of the value of life, killed Luna to steal a few dollars. Yeah, so I guess she was murdered. That's what it was. Alright, so, um, that's the story, and this is the poem, or the flow, this is the word, hashtag 15,000 days in the briars. Oh, Robert, you of boundless uncertainty, you of eternal questions, you of infinite possibilities, why? ever did you freeze your daughter's blessed brain? Was it because you feared their words would hashtag burn the world? Was it the dangerous contagion of the unspoken idea? Did they bear the intolerable shroud of the unthought? Did they brazenly adorn the blinding, glittering, unending darkness of the unknown? Did she fill her own lamp? Did he glow from his own skin? Did she shine from her own eye? Did he drink from his own ladle? Did they carry their own medicine? Did they heal their own great-grandmother. Is that why you didn't, wouldn't, could not set her ablaze? For witches won't burn, and warlocks don't drown. Now, all that remains is to guard the chilling corpse and pray. Pray it never remembers the way it was done. Pray the time in purgatory is long enough to cool the rage. 
Pray, forgetting is more powerful than remembering. Pray, compassion exceeds vengeance. Pray, our names are lost to time and translation. Pray, our faces are transfigured to never claim their line again. Pray to Lord Kelvin that icy tomb holds. When it is colder than absolute zero, when flames of burning briars smolder, when not even bone remains of lamb in salted ash, when it is hotter than infinity, most of all pray your each long gone when it arises as it is never the leaving that is painful. Tis our clinging what burns them so. The idea of reality as a singular noun doesn't make sense to me at all anymore. Call it your system of abstractions. Leary coined the magnificent term, reality tunnel. I call it a neurological reality tunnel. Everybody has their own neurological reality tunnel, which is why we misunderstand one another so often, and why we misjudge one another so profoundly. Yeah. So that last little bit after, um, as it is never the leaving that is painful, tis our clinging what burns them so. Uh, that quote um, is from Robert Anton Wilson. I'll read it again because I really think it's powerful. The idea of reality as a singular noun doesn't make sense to me at all anymore. Call it your system of abstractions. Leary coined the magnificent term reality tunnel. I call it a neurological reality tunnel. Everybody has their own neurological reality tunnel, which is why we misunderstand one another so often and why we misjudge one another so profoundly. So, yeah. I, I too think there's something to this clinging, this linkage in the flesh, the way the spirit is connected, but I really feel like it's the attentional focus of the human on the remains that draws the spiritual presence into the object or the place. I think it has to do with alter medicine. I think that, I mean, that's truly what it has to do with. It's how an altar is significated. Does that make sense? I don't know if significated is a word. In other words, an altar, an altar acquires its significance via the direct devotion and attentional focus of a conscious being. 
and I'm not saying humans are the only ones that can provide that attentional focus. I think there are other, you know, conscious beings that can provide that attentional focus, but definitely, definitely, definitely. An altar is just a random conglomeration of items until and unless only exclusively it is attended to with consciousness, attentional focus. That's what turns art into an altar. That's what turns a meadow into an altar. That's what turns a river into an altar, a, you know, office kiosk into an altar. It's merely the attentional focus of a conscious person, a conscious being. So, yeah. Man, that is a, that's an intense piece. It's very heavy for this time of year, but I think that that's appropriate. I mean, this is a time of uh, the presence of death, the awareness of death, memento mori. Um, it's just very, um, the veil is thin. All the systems say that. And I just, I personally have a lot of anniversaries of grief around this time of year. I'm kind of in a portal of death honoring. Um, but, uh, so funny, um, before I started my little introduction, I was really thinking that what I wanted to say was how um, real the shift in energy feels to me this week. Like, I woke up Monday morning and it really did feel like a new dawn, a new day, a new life. It felt like there was a freshness to the energy. And while I still felt the somberness or the sobriety of the season, I felt the heaviness of the grief around me, I had some deep peace and joy that was just resonating through myself, through my nature this morning, or I mean Monday morning, and that has really stuck with me, it keeps coming back, it's like, it's like my center of gravity has shifted, or my baseline vibration has evolved, however you want to look at it, I have this deeper sense of peace and ease in the past few days, um, that feels real, it feels like, you know, shift happens <laughs> so yeah um, alter medicine matters a lot alter medicine is very important to me personally uh, they were talking a lot about ritual I do rely on ritual but it's kind of like I bring a ritualistic attitude to everything I do in order to maintain my embodiment because I tend to be disembodied I tend to vacate the body uh, when I don't feel safe and I often don't feel safe unless I'm in some sort of devotional state some sort of meditative flow so um, yeah I I really encourage you guys to go back and listen to well I mean everything that Open Lines Radio is putting out everything that artbellisdead.com puts out like just go find it on SoundCloud on iTunes I think they're putting it on iTunes I think they might have it on Spotify, but I'm not sure. They know, I know they for sure have it on SoundCloud. They have it on the website at artbellisdead.com, and they have it on um, 
Mixler is where you can hear it live. That's that I listened to it live on their app. Um, in fact, that is that's what really um, encouraged me today because I was struggling with some stress. I had kind of a intense experience this morning. This giant four by four truck crashed through my mailbox into my yard took out my mailbox took out about 20 succulents just mowed through everything but the glimmering miracle of the experience was that a nobody was hurt even though it happened right as my son's school van was in the driveway like we were literally loading him in I was talking with the driver telling him about telling her about some paperwork for the school when this happened like we didn't see it directly we didn't see it directly happen we heard it and she's like where is it I'm like it was literally right behind you and she's like freaked out and I was freaked out and yeah it was this huge it was a big hit emotionally I was really sad these are all succulents that I had planted recently this year and they were just starting to really settle in and, and thrive and, you know, we got through the rough heat of the summer and the seasons are shifting and I was really starting to look forward to their expansion and growth and they were just struck down in the midst of their vitality by this random event, you know, and it just, uh, it was an intense experience to wake up to that. I ended up really needing to just get in the tub. I was having a lot of body pain. Um, I didn't sleep well at all last night. I was up at three and I didn't fall back asleep until like almost six. And then I had to be up again in 20 minutes because it was like time to get my son for re ready for school. So it was like, yeah, it was one of those weird nights. So yeah, anyways, the point is I'm in the tub trying to meditate, listen to stuff. I just run out of whatever the last thing I'd listened to and I was looking for something else to hear while I was in the tub you know soaking my body and really getting some good medicine into my system and all of a sudden I look ding I get an alert from Mixler I got an alert from the Mixler app saying that um, open lines radio was going live and I was like oh okay this is like this is a sign. I got to listen to this right now. And so that became my healing companion. That conversation became the healing framework for my uh, bathing ritual, my, my self-healing, my medicinal bath. So, um, and it was very restorative. You know, I was in a pretty shaky, grievous space where I was like sad about my plants and stuff. And I was just feeling really like, you know, I was just feeling sad. And so to get there in the tub and be in a place where I'm looking for confirmation, affirmation, comfort, what do I hear? But Mark's voice talking about the wonderful new programming and specifically affirming what I've been sharing, what I've been offering. And so, yeah, I mean, I've been really vulnerable with this stuff I've been sharing a lot of things that I never expected to share um, and it's been surprisingly well received by everyone that I've spoken with about it and so um, 
yeah I just I don't know the shift is real shift happens <laughs> it really is really really real you guys all of y'all just I want you to know that this shift is real and if you haven't felt it yet shift your gaze look somewhere else zoom out zoom in you know click left click right choose another path there is I assure you somewhere some positive thing to set your attention to and if you can't seem to find it go take a nap seriously just knock yourself out listen to some binaural beats put on the headphones cry yourself to sleep because that too that purgative process and that restorative process can be one of the most healing things that you can do for yourself and for your immediate social network is that if you're in a bad way where you're in so much discomfort that you become uncomfortable as in like no one can comfort you in other words even your own thoughts can't bring you comfort if you're in that state the best thing you can do is remove yourself from conversation with yourself and with others just shut the conversation down if you can't speak nicely to your friends don't you just end the conversation if a friend is speaking rudely to you don't you just walk away until they can be more gracious so that's what you do with your own thoughts if they're torturing you just take a nap go to bed meditate you know that's that's really honestly one of the best ways to get through this season of really intense waves and energy so anyways i think that uh we've just about filled up the time oh good we did make at least 30 minutes that makes me feel good about not doing a little wimpy episode for mark um and it is time for me to go and do truman's transition so i really need to get going but I want to tell you all that like this is a tender, grievous time when all of our ancestors are very close. So I'm going to say to you all, um, Chihololi, which means I love you in Chickasaw language. I'm going to say Chihololi, I love you. I love you all, Chihololi. And I'm going to say Chukma Chipisilacho, which means hello. I will see you. Before we check us all, have no word for goodbye. Chaholami. Broke down, thought that I would drown. Hope that I'd be found for I hit the ground. Sunday's at the corner of my eye. Saw you weeping, saw you creeping, saw you sneaking in the shadows long I feel so strong Saw you at the corner of my eye